Brick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. So, how are you feeling this morning about the slow reopening of Limerick and the country? WhatsApp us, uh, call us 461995. Get in touch with us through our social media, Twitter at Limerick Today or indeed Live 95's uh, Facebook page or Instagram. Let us know what you think. Are you uh, worried? Are you jubilant? Uh, Do you think this is the end of it? Do you think this is just the end of the beginning? Do you think it's just the beginning of the end? Let us know, please. Um, But as we enter into today, this first phase of the government's roadmap for easing lockdown restrictions, it's very important that the guidelines around social distancing and hygiene standards continue to be maintained, maybe more important than at any point up to now. If complacency around the COVID-19 virus sets in, there is a risk, unfortunately, of cases spiking again and the further easing of lockdown could be delayed. So what measures should we be taking and should we all be wearing face masks, especially in public? If so, how do we put them on and use them properly? Well, we're joined on the line by a good friend of the Limerick Today show, Dr. Ray O'Connor, GP and Senior Research Fellow of the Department of General Practice in the University of Limerick Graduate Entry Medical School, and Leslie Brett, who is the Managing Director of Lennox, an Irish PPE supplier. And you're both uh, very welcome uh, this Monday morning, which uh, I suppose for some people might feel like all their birthdays have come together, but I suppose uh, others are taking a more cautious approach uh, to the whole thing. Um, Leslie, tell us a bit about Lennox, what supplies you make and how you've been keeping up with this hugely increased demand. Good morning, Joe. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So Lennox is an Irish company. We were founded in Dublin in 1923 by a group of four businessmen who initially had really close links with Lennox uh, or with Trinity College, apologies. And I believe today there's still a, a lane in Trinity that they call Lennox Lane, although personally haven't seen it myself. So I suppose we specialise in supplying scientific, industrial and laboratory goods as well as PPE to a large range of sectors from healthcare and life sciences to schools and educational institutions. So I suppose if you remember back to your science days, it's everything from as simple as a beaker or a pipette to very complex chilling equipment to pharma companies. Uh, We have offices in Dublin and Cork. And we're about to open a new lab in Kells, and we have office facilities in Northern Ireland and the UK. And I think it's fair to say that we've been supplying PPE to the private and public sector across Ireland for nearly 100 years now. But never in a situation like this? Never in a situation like this, uh, Joe, absolutely not. But I suppose we're well prepared to do that. Uh, Over the course of the last two years, uh, we've invested £2 in the business And this has allowed us to increase our warehousing output capacity and allow us to introduce a dedicated (coughs) fleet of Lennox fans. So that's really been helpful over the course of the last number of weeks and months. So, so Leslie, in the context of what's happening right now, what sort of material are you supplying and to whom? We're supplying a huge amount of equipment, PPE equipment. Uh, Joe, we're obviously keeping our, our regular customers who are open. They're obviously buying for us. But we're also buying, we're also selling a huge amount of PPE equipment um, to a range of customers. So we're seeing a significant demand from organisations who are preparing to let their employees come back to the workplace. I suppose they want to make sure that they have the appropriate safe at work protocols in place and that they have the PPE that meets their needs and is suitable 
for their work. There's two really good documents, Joe, that I'd refer people to. The first one is the Return to Work Safety Protocol. It's a document prepared by the HSE, the HSA, the Department of Health and the Department of Business, and it's available on gov.ie. It's 29 pages, but to be honest, it's an easy read. And the second one is the NSAI COVID-19 Workplace Protection and Improvement Guide. They're very, very good documents. Now, obviously, you and the crew at Lennox fully understand PPE. But for the rest of us, particularly those of us in workplaces where we've never had to think about it before, but we'll have to think about it very much now, uh, what sort of equipment do you mean by PPE? So many things would fall into the category of PPE, and there are a number of standards out there that PPE has to adhere to. Give me some practical examples, though, Leslie. Remember, you know it, but I don't. No worries, Joe. So you'll be talking about face masks, um, gloves, some some gloves, not all gloves, obviously, um, surgical gowns, safety goggles, face shields, coveralls, um, equipment like that. And how do you ensure that that is at the highest level of quality? Because, of course, it is one of the worries that other businesses and indeed listeners who might want it for their personal use have. How do I know it's good stuff? Okay, so there are strict regulations and standards that all PPE should meet. So it doesn't matter if you're a frontline worker or if you're a person like me who largely works in a company. Um, there are strict standards and regulations that PPE meets regardless of who's using it. So, for example, some PPE might need to be CE marked, and that would cover everything from the materials that the products are made from, the labelling of the products, and the certification. There are also additional standards that apply to PPE, and these would indicate the level of protection that the item is affording you. Um, It's important to note that um, PPE standards depend. So whatever PPE standards you need to meet really depends on the type of work you're doing and the vulnerabilities in everyone's workplace. So, for instance, as I said earlier, the standard that's required for a frontline worker is very different from the standard that's required by others. Okay, so, so when you hear advice, for example, around you know making your own face mask at home, does it make you shudder? No, it doesn't make me shudder, Joe, because the gov- when you look at the government recommendations, they are recommending that people make face masks for use in busy public transport or in enclosed retail areas, and they have very clear instructions on how to make a face mask on gov.ie. Okay. But obviously the stuff that you're making is of a very high level. Yes. Um, so we are supplying frontline workers with what are called medical or surgical masks, who the government have asked that these be restricted to healthcare workers because they are complex. There are many different types and they have to adhere to certain standards and they are in short supply. But if I'm at home with my sewing machine making something myself, I mean, is that really a good idea? Joe, I, I think back to my teacher. I went to a conference school um, where I had a teacher called Sister Lawrence teaching me home economics. I think she would shudder if she heard me talking about making face masks on radio. So I'm afraid I'm going to have to refer you back to the government guidelines on that one and how to make a face mask. I think it's safe to say I will not be attempting to make one myself. Okay. Well, Leslie Bread is the Managing Director of Lennox, an Irish PPE supplier, and Dr Ray O'Connor is also on the line. Uh, Ray, um, GPs and other frontline health workers are receiving very specific training 
on even the putting on and taking off of face masks. Now, even if you are making your face mask at home and we can discuss the merits of that, this applies, doesn't it? And it is a big risk with face masks that people just mess it up taking it on, putting it off, how long they wear it, single use, uh, repeat use, when they wash it, when they don't wash it, washing their hands in connection with it. This is not simple stuff. No, no, no. Um, That's right, Joe. Uh, Good morning. Uh, First of all, just regarding uh, the wearing, uh, uh, donning, so the the official term is donning and doffing. Um, So uh, before you put your mask on, uh, you have to make sure that your hands are washed and clean. Uh, and sanitized, and there's a way of putting the mask on where you cover your nose and your mouth first, and then you put it around your ears. Uh, once your mask is on, it should stay on, and you shouldn't touch the mask. You have to, um, <clears throat> and uh, the lady from Lennox there has, has, you know, made a very, very good point uh, about the, the whole PPE. Uh, you have to assume that you're contaminated. This is the whole principle of social distancing, that everybody has to assume that they've got the virus. Um, I had a patient recently who was working in a nursing home who was swabbed, uh, never felt better, never looked better, but was COVID positive, uh, just on routine swabbing. So that person could have infected all around them, um, but, you know, didn't because they were observing the etiquette and social distancing and all of that kind of thing. And that's there the kind of, um, of precautions that we have to take. So when it's on your face, leave it. Don't touch it. But for okay. how long do you wear it? Right. Now, the thing is that you wear it for... <clears throat> okay, so can we just go back to uh, maybe first principles, if that's okay. So first of all, there's very little evidence of this topic, whether uh, mask reduce uh, transmission in public is contested, but they work on the so-called precautionary principle that it probably does more good than harm. Um, it's recommended by the Centre of Disease Control in the States and the European Centre of Disease Control in Europe and they recommend it for particularly for areas where social distancing is is very difficult. So, for example, in public transport, or in, in you know, there shouldn't be kind of crowded areas, but inevitably there may well be, <clears throat> uh, particularly say areas like public transport. There's no kind of guarantees on this. There's just d- degrees of risk. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to protect others from the droplets that are coming out from our airways. And they come from our airways, but they also come through hand transmission. So very so important to this out now, Ray. It does yeah. not protect the wearer. Well, there may be an element. I mean, the medical masks that Leslie is talking about uh, do protect the wearer uh, to an extent. And the so-called um, respirator marks, masks definitely do protect the wearer. But they're the specialised medical masks. The kind of and and they are reserved, as Leslie quite rightly said, for the uh, healthcare workers and for people in the front line, where they are actually dealing with people who are infected and quite ill with droplet producing procedures, etc. Um, what we're talking about here is something completely different. So, like, it may give an element of protection to the wearer. We're not sure. Okay, um, in the kind of public arena. There is some research in the kind of medical arena where, you know, a doctor or a healthcare professional is dealing with an infected patient, but in the public right, arena... But, but Dr. That, Ray, I, we have to be clear about this, though, because I think it's really important, particularly as the opening up starts. Um, yeah. I can't put on my own um, face mask that I've made at home with my sewing machine and leave it on all day. Well, 
<clears throat> the thing is that if you leave the mask, the, ideally what would happen here, Joe, is that you'd put the mask on for, say, going out in public. So, like, you wouldn't necessarily be going out in public all day. So you may be going out to the garden centre, you may be going out to the shops, you may be going out for, you know, transport um, uh, from here to there. And then, you know, you would probably take it off then because they're actually quite uncomfortable. I mean, if you're wearing PPE, say, um, as we do, if you're wearing it for most of the day or for, you know, a lot of a couple of hours if you're seeing patients, it actually is, you know, uncomfortable. Your face gets sweaty. There's a number of skin conditions that have been shown to occur from wearing face mask irritation of the skin. But isn't it so, true that the minute it gets damp, I have to take it off? Not necessarily. Um, the thing is that <clears throat> when it gets damp, it's probably got virus infection on it, right, if you've got the virus. And that's why it's important that you don't touch it with your hands. So, like, you know, if you touch your face mask with your hands, then you have to assume that your hands are contaminated and know that your your hands have to be washed and sanitised and all of that kind of stuff. So there's degrees of risk. So, okay, so, example, so I come into the office, right, and I, mm. I, I take it off. Yeah. And I, I put it down wherever I put it. Now, can, but, can but, I just... Can, well, just I want to just be clear about yeah. this. Can I put it back on again or not? Yeah, you're better off not putting, not reusing that particular face mask so that you should have probably a couple of face masks in a plastic bag to put them into the used ones. If they're homemade ones that, you know, are made of cotton, etc., they may be washable. You bring them home, you wash them in the same way that people would wash their, um, you know, their, their instructions again on, on gov.ie and how you would wash, say, in, in the surgeries. A lot of doctors are wearing scrubs. And you know you wash them at temperatures above sixty degrees, etc. Um, but donning and doffing them is really important. So we spoke about donning them. Doffing them is really important. So when you doff them or take it off, you take it off using the um, by, by grabbing the elastic band behind your ears. Um, you don't kind of you know reach uh, sort of pull it from the front. Don't touch the mask with your hands is the important thing. So you doff it by um, loosening the elastic bands from behind your ears. And then holding it with that one hand, put it into, um, say, the inside of a plastic bag that you may have taken or a rubbish bin. If things, you know, right was right, we'd all have disposable masks like the kind that Leslie from Lennox is, is making. But as she quite rightly said, they're in short supply and they're to be reserved for the uh, frontline healthcare workers. So for people who are just going to need to be right. going into a garden centre or something yeah. like that. And then straight, in straight, into, straight home and into the washing machine. Straight home into the washing right. machine. Ideally, you should bin it, but that's not practical okay. in a lot of and, cases. And, and Dr. Ray, what about the wearing of gloves then? You know, Again, because we're I, moving I, to I, reopening. I mean, should people we, be wearing we are, gloves yeah. or not? <clears throat> yeah, I know. Uh, again, you see, gloves are, <clears throat> are again, in, in charge. Like, the whole point here is that you have to remember that this virus is transmitted by droplet infection or by direct touch. Droplet infection is where you cough or sneeze and where the droplets from that go into another person's either mucous membranes, their nose, their mouth, or into their eyes, okay? And that's why you see healthcare workers wearing goggles um, to, to give protection there. But the other way that you can get infected is that if you get the virus on your hands, and then, for example, you lick your finger, and the virus goes from your hand into your mouth and then or, or scratch your nose, goes in or rub your eyes. So, okay, so, that's so, so the way glo- that gloves are problematic. And this is making people listening this morning tear their hair out, Ray, because they're, yeah. they're so confused about this because they're hearing advice at one level saying, oh, wear face masks, don't you preserved, wear the face mask, and you have to wear the gloves, you better wear the gloves, you don't wear the gloves, particularly when you're going um, out, you're in trouble. And you are saying, and I, I'm not arguing with you about it, but you're saying yeah. actually... The advice is be very cautious with face masks and maybe gloves aren't great for you. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that if you wear gloves, 
right? And you say you you have the virus and you scratch your nose, right? And you shake hands with somebody or you, um, you know, uh, then you can actually transmit. Or, for example, you take a trolley and you have your contaminated gloves because you scratch your face and you have virus on your gloves. You'll put the virus onto the trolley. Somebody comes along and takes that trolley two minutes later, a short period of time later, they'll take the virus from that trolley. Yeah, okay? and, and that's highly relevant going into place. But can we agree on it this anyway? Absolutely. Because this is really important. The two metre distance does work yeah. and must be adhered to, especially absolutely. as we reopen. The yeah. regular hand washing and drying of hands with soap and water, very, very important. You need yeah. to do it. The respiratory etiquette of coughing Correct. or sneezing into your elbow. Those Correct. three, they're the foundation of everything else. They are, and to, to that, maybe to add, maybe sanitizer. I know sanitizer in short supply, but people have been able to get sanitizer. But if you have some bit of sanitizer, it just adds that little bit of extra because washing is grand, but you have to wash them a certain way with using a certain technique. And um, adding the sanitizer um, kills any bit of virus that might be left on your hands. And okay. don't touch your face. That's the other thing that a mask does is remind you not to touch your face. Right. And one other thing, Dr. Ray, uh, for example, we've got a text in here. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest based on the traffic that I saw coming in uh, this morning. Thank you very much for it. 0861239595. Joe, there's a golf club. Uh, with a membership of around 40 within the five kilometres and they have an excess of 80 on their timesheet today and it's the same story with a number of other clubs. Does that worry you, Ray? Yeah, I mean, look, again, people know and this has been argued to death and it's been on the television and on your programme uh, many times over the last couple of weeks. Like, you know, the, the 19th hole has been closed for very good reason. So, you know, people aren't allowed to go in and socialise and afterwards and, you know, they, they have to keep within the distance and that's really important. Um, whether it's golf, whether it's tennis, whether it's anything else, whether it's sitting out and talking to people, you know, the same uh, rule and etiquette applies. Remember, this is, a you know, quite a contagious virus that can survive on, you know, certain surfaces like plastics and whatever in ideal conditions for up to 72 hours <clears throat> afterwards. So, that's why, you know, it's important to adhere to those um, strict rules. All right, okay. All right, well, listen, thank you both very much uh, for that uh, on the first day of easing of the lockdown restrictions in Limerick. Dr. Ray O'Connor, GP and Senior Research Fellow at the University of Limerick's Graduate Medical School and Leslie Brett, Managing Director of Lennox, who are a well-established PPE supplier. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSC Midwest. For updated factual information, see hsc.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.